Everybody else knows how to say good morning. 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 It's like I tell my Alexa every day too. <laughs> good to be here. Good to see all of you. Good to have some folks back with us. Have been out a little bit. Anybody with a special song this morning? So you need to come next Sunday morning at 9 o'clock so you can prepare for your special song. Alright, if you got your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 14. I don't know why it is, but it seems like after you get up here, and I'm Tony John, I don't know if you guys still have any kind of anxiety or anything. It's like you think as much as you get up here, it would get easier, but it really doesn't, does it? It's like that anxiety still comes back. Luke chapter 14. Kind of getting with the times this morning. I don't have screens because Daniel's not here, but the title this morning would be Hashtag Follow Me. Pretty cool, huh? Hashtag Follow Me. I could say pound sign follow me. The kids would laugh at me. Hashtag Follow Me. So for the the next little bit, really want to dive in and, and see what it really means to truly be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, I think that's really important for us. I think... You know, we, we always talk about how salvation is so easy, just believe and repent. And, you know, we've been going through Acts and that's, you know, that was the message a lot. And it is that easy. You believe who Jesus is. He's the son of God. He is God in the flesh. Just believe that. Turn from your sins and you can be saved. We say it's so easy, right? But the hard part is actually following and being a true disciple of Jesus. That's the hard part. And we don't like to talk about the hard parts. We like the warm and fuzzy stuff, right? We need to talk about the hard stuff too. Because it's not easy to follow Jesus out in the world sometimes. So just be much in prayer on this because it's really important. And as a church, I know our, our goal was that everyone received Jesus. But our second goal is everyone should live Jesus. Right? That's what it says back there. Loving God, living Jesus, learning to serve. It's not just about getting saved. It's about living Christ too. There's a difference. There's a difference. Being a disciple is different. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll read a little here. And uh, we'll just follow the Lord a little bit. Starting at the 25th verse. Probably familiar scripture to most. Now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. I'll just read the rest. Salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It is of no use either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown away. He who hears, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we'll stop right there. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified, to die for the sins of the world. And on his way, he's teaching, healing, and parables. You know, all these people were seeing miracles. So as you can imagine, he had this just flock of people around him. I mean, there were times where he couldn't even move, but he had so many people around him. I kind of picture it as, when was the last time the Reds were good? 75? That's 90. Wasn't it 90 when they won the World Series? So as you can imagine, at the beginning of the season, and I don't know how many seats that stadium holds, probably a bunch. There was probably, I don't know, what, four or 5,000 people. But as they got going on and getting better and better and better, that place was full, wasn't it? It's kind of what I'm envisioning here. He's got all these fans following him. Now, no doubt there's some that are following him for the right reasons. There's some that are following him for the next meal. There's some that are following him to see what happens next. All kinds of examples, right, that you can think of. All kinds of things. But you see, there's a difference between fans and followers. There's a difference. And I really think that's what Jesus is getting to here. Because he gets straight to the point. He sees all these people that are wanting to follow him. And he gets straight to the point. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Can't you imagine the, the reactions that these people are like? What? Isn't this Jesus that is teaching love and love this and love that? And now he's telling us we've got to hate? What? Don't you think there's some confusion? Has anybody ever read that? Like, what? Jesus is telling me to hate? I, I can see some confusion there. That's not really what he meant. And we'll get into a little bit later, too. It was kind of a metaphor. If you put anything in front of your relationship with Christ, it's wrong. Your relationship with anyone else in vision of Christ should look like hate. Because you love him so much. That's kind of what he's getting at. I know that sounds weird. Probably a better way to explain it. I'm just terrible with words. But that's really what he's getting at. If you put anything... Now, back then, don't you think there were families that were divided based on following Christ? So he's saying, no matter what mom and dad says, no matter what your kids say, which my kids give me a hard time all the time, no matter what your friends tell you or laugh at you or whatever, your relationship with me should be far superior to that. That's what he's telling them. He's not telling anybody to go hate. Would Jesus tell anybody to go hate? Well, he said it. It's not what he meant. And I think people read that sometimes and just get it all messed up and out of context. But he's saying to be my disciple, I have to be first in your life. We get that wrong, don't we? We get that wrong. 
Now, I think a lot of times we can put other people in front of Christ. But the main person we put in front of Christ is who? Us. Because we want it our way. What's the restaurant? Have it your way. That's what we want. We want to be in control. We want to be in control of everything. So, yeah, we can struggle with some of those other relationships. But the one that's main, the big deal is us. We got to get us out of the way. And that's what he's talking about in that next part. Well, he even says there, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Your own desires and all, I mean, ambitions, all that stuff can get in the way. It's just crazy to think about. Has anyone ever had that example of, you know, Christy decides to follow Christ and her family disowns her? I'm sure it still happens today. That's terrible, isn't it? But it happens. But as a true disciple of God, of Christ, her job is to follow Him, not them. That's her job. And that's our job as a church is to follow Him, not anyone else. Not even if I say, we need to do this. What does God want us to do? That's what we need to think about as true followers of Christ. He wants our allegiance and our commitment. Commitment's a big word. We've been talking about it a little bit on Sunday nights in the, the I'm a church member book. People don't like the word commitment. Well, we'll come to church on Sunday morning for an hour. But anything beyond that, eh, I got laundry and I got this and I got that. If you go a little further back in that book, there's a lot of excuses to the great banquet that Jesus taught about too. We can have all the excuses in the world. And I know we have stuff to do. Believe me, there's a pile of laundry in our basement. I know But Jesus is far more important than that stuff. Learning about Christ is far more important than that stuff. Coming and being with your brothers and sisters is far more important than that stuff. Isn't it? We must follow Him no matter what. No matter what. Now, for the most part, I think most of us have supporting families. And that's great. But still, that relationship with Christ should be far superior than anything else. And it's easy to stand up here and say it, but does Bob Mills always do it? Nope. Because self gets in the way. Work gets in the way. Stuff gets in the way. But he's saying to be a true disciple of him, that stuff needs to go. That stuff needs to go. Like I said, this isn't going to be a warm and fuzzy. So if you, want, if you came wanting a form and fuzzy, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong place. But the, I guess there is warm and fuzzy because Jesus still came and died for every single one of us. And if you're a born-again Christian one of these days, you're going to spend eternity with Him. But we can have that here too. We can have that here. I think we forget that a lot. When you're a Christian, you don't have to wait for heaven to have joy, Right? We should have it here because of Him. But we get those relationships all messed up and out of sync. We get them all out of sync. Do Do you wonder 
When Jesus starts talking about this stuff, the crowds around, I think some kind of, I don't know about this Jesus guy. He's telling me to hate him. Some of them started kind of walking away. I'm sure there were. Wait till the next part. Verse 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now, today, we, we, when we hear bear our cross, we're like, yep, here's my cross necklace. See how pretty it is? I put it on this morning. I'm a Christian. Folks, that's not even close to what this meant. Everyone at this time knew exactly what the cross meant. And it wasn't pretty. It was death. It was torment. They knew when you went to carry your cross, you weren't coming back. They knew that. This was a, a picture of a, it was a graphic picture of just terrible. So again, can't you imagine? What's Jesus talking about? Why would I need to bear my cross? And again, some of them are like, I don't know about this. They're backing away now really big time. I have to die? Yes! When you are a born-again Christian, Bob Mills dies off and Jesus Christ comes forth. That's how it should be. But again, this old self wants to be in control. We struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with it. So when you think of all that stuff, how good is our witness? How good is our witness? Because we can't get out of our own way a lot of times. And if we can't get out of our way, who are they not seeing? Christ. They're not seeing Him. But this was a graphic picture. They knew what it meant. They knew it meant death. There's my shiny... Now, please don't take offense to that because those necklaces are actually really pretty. I like them. But it just meant different. Everybody's like, yeah, he's making fun of my necklace. I'm not. I promise. I promise. But it was different. It had a different message. And they knew exactly what he meant. I have to die? No. Your wants, your desires, your ambitions, your everything. Take a back seat to what Jesus wants for you. Do you really think we want to be up here preaching? Absolutely not. Because I don't think I'm near good enough. But this is what he called me to do. Do you know how hard it is sometimes? This is not a pop pity party. How hard it is to work a 40-hour job and to do this on Sunday? It is hard. But it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. I was just praying this morning. God, your will, not mine. If you want me full time, I'll just quit my job. That'd be better. But it's hard. It's hard being a Christian. It's hard living life. It's hard. But this is what Jesus is telling us. It's not easy. We have to die out. We have to be willing, as Brother Tony said so many times, take that list of stuff that you've got that you want to do, wad it up and chuck it. Because if God's not in it, it's never going to get anywhere. It's never going to get anywhere. Being willing to give up your desires 
and truly follow Him. Again, we just think we come here, we get saved, we go live life. Folks, that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. You can do that. You can get saved and go live life if you're truly saved. But there's just something that, I, I don't know. If you're truly saved, there's something that's just tugging. That tells you you've got to be doing more. That you've got to be doing what He wants you to do, not what you want to do. We fight with that every single day. Every single day. And you're going to keep fighting it every single day. till He either comes back or you die. Because it's a battle. It's a battle. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Dying to self, walking by faith, following Jesus. That's the most glorious thing you can ever do in your life. No matter what else you do, that is the most glorious thing you can do. Is truly follow Him. Truly follow Him. And it says, otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And again, all those people are coming, backing up. You can see the crowd kind of backing away. <laughs> then he uses some different illustrations there about counting the cost. Starting at 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? You know, I was thinking about this. Actually, let me read the last verse there. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it began to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. You know, growing up, I learned really quick what I didn't want to do in life, working with my dad, bricklaying. Oh, man, that's some hard work right there. I'd rather work these fingers on the typewriter. Me and Denise have done it for a long time, haven't we, Denise? But I learned real early in life. Probably, I don't know, dad, I was probably an early teenager when I was helping him. They about killed me. But I learned I didn't want to do that. But now, Dad, tell me, how many jobs did you do where they didn't have the money to finish it? A lot, wasn't it? So they had a foundation, but nothing else. Or they had a half of a barbecue, or they had this, or they had that. That's what they're talking about. Count those costs. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now people read that verse. Well, Jesus says I've got to sell everything I have and follow him. Now he could tell you that, but that's not what he's saying. Again, he's saying if you're putting anything in place in front of him, there's the problem. Are you going to play golf on Sundays instead of coming to church? Is your car more important than, than reading your Bible for 20 minutes? That, there's a difference, right? But again, all that stuff jumps in and messes with us. And messes our priorities. We've talked about this so many different times. It's about priority. It really is. Isn't it? If it's important, Tony said this one time camping. If it's important, you're going to make time for it. How many of us make time for Jesus? Truly. Like, think about that in yourself. How many of us truly make time for Christ? Do I always? No. We always mess up. We all mess up. We're all a mess. But that's not how it's supposed to be. 
That's not how it's supposed to be. Does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Well, I've got to get rid of all my stuff. No. How about you take that stuff and you glorify God with it? Isn't there a difference in that? Look at all my stuff. You know what? God has blessed me so much. I probably got more stuff than I ever need. But there's one thing that I have that I'll have for eternity. Does that is a relationship with Him? That is the most important thing ever. The most important thing ever. We get it all messed up. We we want to go follow the world. Buy this, buy that. Folks, when you're looking from that perspective of stuff, there's never enough. You always want something else. I got the little girl now, I'm big girl. I did that. Because it wasn't big enough for my family. But it's never enough. You always want more. You always want more. The problem is when we're putting that stuff in front of Christ. That is the problem. And it can even happen here. We can put stuff here in front of Christ. Not supposed to happen either. Not supposed to happen. We must give up all to follow him. Philippians 3.8 I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Like I said earlier, and I can, I'm sure many here that can vouch for this. Being a Christian is hard. Try being a pastor. It's even harder. Man, I can probably tell you, I think it's every other week. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm made for this. But God made me for it. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't feel like I'm serving the church good enough. But all I'm trying to do is follow Him. There's been people that have been on the road a long time. First of all, that doesn't mean you need to stop. Because there's younger people here that looking, are looking up to you that you need to show the way. It's exhausting. I know other people, I know Joe's got a crazy schedule. Tony's got a crazy schedule. It's exhausting. Typically my Saturdays are all this. There's some sacrifice in there. But it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it. If one person, one person in this church accepts salvation, Tony preached for how many years, Tony? It is worth it. If the Holy Spirit can take my horrible up here, do whatever you want to call it, and save someone's soul, it is worth it. But like I said, that's not the end. A few years ago, we had this mentality. Save them and they're good. That's true. Save them and they have a home in heaven. But there's more to it. It's called being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I think we forget that. I think we can forget that. Jesus is pretty clear right here, isn't he? Pretty clear. His words speak for themselves. I could have just read that. 
Are you being a true disciple of Jesus Christ? That's the question. And again, I know we're we're all a mess. But like I kind of said last week, if everything is based on you, your life, your wants, your desires, your everything, something's wrong. Something is wrong. And again, people don't want to hear that. But something is wrong. If you don't ever think about Christ, something is wrong. If, like I said last week, if we truly believe Jesus saved our souls, things would be a lot different. They'd be a lot different. This church would be a lot different. This world could be a lot different because we would actually be taking Jesus out of the church. Like I said, I'll never, never, ever regret it. I always sit back like, Jesus, why did you call me? He has his reasons. I have no idea. It's hard. They can say it's hard. Teaching's hard. Whoever's a teacher, it's hard. Whoever's up here leading worship, it's hard. But it's worth it. Anything we can do for Jesus, it's absolutely worth it. The investment, you know, you guys know it. I have a thing for the teens. In fact, years ago, I was going to be like a team leader. It's worth it. It's worth investing in them. Because they're our future. If we don't take the time to truly disciple here, they're going to go somewhere else. What's the percentage of teenagers that stay in the church? Guys, you've got to stay in the church. Don't leave. It's really low. I think Daniel's done some different things on that. What is it, like 10%? 10% of teenagers that are in your church, after they graduate, they never come back. Teenagers, if you never come back here, I just hope you're in a church that's preaching the gospel. But the most important thing is to truly be a disciple of Jesus. And we've actually been hitting on a lot of things on Sunday nights from that book. I'm a churchman. It's, it's actually been really good. There's been some really good discussions. Why don't you come back with us? We'll be hitting it again next week. Come back tonight. We'll play some fellowship. We'll play some volleyball or cornhole or something. I just like being together. There's something about being together with Jesus' people. The laundry can wait. The house can wait. The car can wait. It's about Jesus. About Jesus. You know, the, the pretty cool thing as I was reading through this, you know, G, there's some, some, some tough stuff there from Jesus. But if you flip over to the 15th chapter there, the very first verse it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. I would have thought it had been the opposite. But they were drawing near to him. They were drawing near to him. That's, that's just awesome. Are you drawing near to him? I hope these messages don't push you out the door. They're intended to, draw, to bring you closer to him. I'm sure that was Tony's intent for 20 years is to bring us all closer to Christ. And again, it's not a woman fuzzy all the time. But there's things that we all need to hear and do. Are you 
committed to Jesus? And are you trying your best to be a disciple for Him? That's between you and Him. None of us know that. Folks, I'm absolutely trying my best. I mess up a ton. But I'm trying my best to follow what He's telling me to do. And I hope you know that. And I hope that you're all willing to do the same thing. Because it's important. It is absolutely important. And if we don't do it, who's going to? Who's going to? <laughs> all right, I'll stop crying. Brother Mike or Joe, if you'd get a verse of a song. You're here this morning. You need to be saved. Don't leave here without it. Don't leave here without that relationship with Jesus. If you're here this morning, then you are saved. But he's kind of been on the back burner. Let him take the wheel. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because things are so much easier when he is in control. I don't know why we fight that. I don't know why we struggle with, let me try it for you know, so many days, and then I'll just turn it over to Jesus. Why don't we just turn it over to him in the first place? Sorry. Different, different topic. All right, we'll ask you all to stand. Brother Mike, you're good.